What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, we pay respects to the goalkeeper union, baby. And Drew tells us a story about the most entertaining goalkeeper of all time. Well, that's a pretty bold statement. That's a pretty big statement. We could statement. say one of the most entertaining. No, I'm going to say the most entertaining goalkeeper of all time. And then they're going to get mad at us. And that's how it's going to go. Buckle up. This is Dead Ball Brothers. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy, healthy dose of stupidity, baby. So healthy. Man, so healthy, you can hardly believe it. Recommended by nutritionists everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Four out of five, they recommend. Because it's so healthy. Because it's so healthy. It's so good for you. Yeah. And we are part of Blue Wire Podcast Networks, and this week's episode is being brought to you by... Bet online. I'm everybody's least favorite athletic writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real life brother, Drew Snavely, and Bruno Fernandez. Man, he made it. The he trans- did. The he trans- did. They actually signed over. somebody. <laughs> I almost nuts. wanted to say something about Giorena and his ridiculous goal <sighs> that he just scored today. Oh, they still lost though. So they still lost, but it was worth it. It. If that loss had to happen for that goal to happen, worth it. Worth the L, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, worth, worth the, the price of the sorcery that was conjured by <laughs> our young American king, Is that Giovanni Reyna. That's probably up there for best ever American goals. Absolutely. That and like Clint Dempsey's Clint volley. Dempsey's, Clint Dempsey's the chip against Juventus. Yes, while he was with Fulham. Yeah. In that the, was in Europa League. Yeah, yeah. And like at the death to secure like the three goal comeback. That was probably given quality of goal and opponent and stakes. Yeah, and and all of that, all those three those three things together, it's it's going to be hard to top that one. Man, Chris Wondolowski could have, <laughs> but we yeah. all know what happened there. Oh, we do. <laughs> I've, I'm I'm fine at with as Americans moving past Chris Wondolowski missing against Belgium. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like there are a lot more people that are deserving of ire than Chris Wondolowski is. Yeah, you're probably Chris Wondolowski had a good career. You right. You still right. Does, he's still playing poacher baby. Go crazy. A goal scorer through and through with those all those W's. Yes, Adam. We have a story about another goal scorer today. Well, he's a goalkeeper, but he also scored goals. Heck yeah. And so I guess we're going to transition here. I'm super into Unless it. Unless you're like trying to talk about Drew, other things. Drew, as a young lad, I thought I was going to be a goalkeeper for like a, a split second, and then uh, I was not. Um, like the all. reason why I suck on the field is because I'm meant to be a goalkeeper. It's because I'm meant to be able yeah. to use my hands. Yes. The one thing that everybody else in the field cannot do. <laughs> and 
And then I just got good with my feet, and I realized I wasn't that good with my hands at all. It's because you just started watching professional soccer. That's what it was. And I played more juggling in the house. I there was a lot of juggling in the house. Honestly, that helps with ball control so much. Mom was not pleased with us. Oh yeah, never. (laughs) But it made us the players that we were, which was average. Which was high school soccer players. A okay. (laughs) A okay soccer players is what we were. Anyways, we can get into the story. Let's get into the story. I'm pumped. So we all know the position of a sweeper keeper. Absolutely. Uh, Manuel Neuer is probably the first goalkeeper currently that comes to mind when you think sweeper keeper. Somebody who's going out 40 yards to yeah. to clear a ball. You see it a lot more now than you used to? Yes, absolutely. I, I would think my first instinct was to think about Man City under Pep. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, I also put Ederson on here yeah. because it kind of combines those two. Ederson builds so much out of the back. He's playing so many long balls and is such an essential part to, to what that City team you is doing. The, you know when the first time I, I noticed Ederson was? When Christian Pulisic absolutely ruined him. <laughs> when Christian Pulisic was playing for Dortmund yeah. and they were playing Benfica in the Champions League and Christian Pulisic chipped Ederson. It was great. Oh, man. Those were the days. And now they're both in the Premier League. They are. Ta-da. You see a lot of ball-playing goalkeepers these days. Mm-hmm. I, you see Allison at Liverpool. <laughs> I mean... I, I appreciate how Allison sometimes gets lost in the sauce <laughs> yes. as a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, and it happens as you ask more from your goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems just about every top-flight team, like the top three or four teams in each division, have a decent... At least a yeah. uh, ball-playing goalkeeper. It is the tactic du jour. Yes. It is exactly what you want right now. And so we're about to go through the career of a sweeper-keeper who helped pave the way for the likes of those people that you see today, those yeah. goalkeepers that you see today. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the first keeper to have good technical ability with the ball at his feet. Absolutely not. Because there are people that were doing it before him. But he was definitely the most confident and showy. Never, he was never disappointing, mm-hmm. always entertaining, a real showman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you don't get the nickname El Loco or the Madman for nothing. <laughs> no, you do not, sir. I know where this is going. I am piped. I am pumped and hyped. That's why I said piped. Piped. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. You may have seen him in YouTube clips titled Most Ridiculous Saves Ever, <laughs> but you might not immediately recognize the name Rene Higuita. Rene Higuita. Maybe you do, and that's awesome. Kudos yeah, to you. You should. Hopefully by the end of the story, if you didn't know who he was, you will know. What an oh, absolute legend. What absolute legend he was. <laughs> is, this the first, is this the first Colombian we're really covering in depth on the, on the pod? Yeah. This Can't is, think of any other Colombians. No other Colombians, yeah. Shouts out to Colombia. Shouts to Colombia. Great country. Love South America. We're yeah. back in South We're America. We're back in South America, yeah. baby. Not our first South American story. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So Rene Guita was born in 1966 in Medellin, Colombia. Yeah. We'll drug, come drug capital, baby. I was gonna say we'll come back to this. Yep, mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, but we've all watched Narcos. We'll, we know. <laughs> we'll we put know. Medine in the background for mm-hmm. for the time being, and we'll go through Gita's playing career. So he started his career with Millionarios FC. Yes. 
um, which is based out of Medine. Yes. Um, and it's a pretty famous club. It's a big club. Very successful club yes. in Colombia. At the youth level, he was very talented, a striker. Though. Yes. He that was not sense. he was not a goalkeeper. Oh, that makes complete and total sense to me. Yeah. And he was his side's one of their best goal scorers. Here's the thing, Drew. People that get raised and like they're like, I'm a goalkeeper from a young age and and they like they play goalie like every single thing like level that they that they reach. Uh-huh. They're probably good goalies. They're usually good goalies. But they're boring people. They're just yeah. not. They're just not like exciting people. They make a lot of smart plays. Yeah, a lot of safe plays. They're like team first mentality. Ooh, I love when you get a when you get a, a former attacker as a defender, <laughs> or or even better, a goalkeeper. Well, his goal scoring shoes would never fully disappear, um, as he would score repeatedly throughout his goalkeeping career. But he was forced to play keeper. With an injury to the side, uh, that's what I read. It wasn't from a like super reliable source. I was trying to find exactly how he made that transition from striker to keeper. Right. And the only thing I saw was that there was an injury. He had to fill, he had in, to fill in, and he was so good, and was almost revolutionary <laughs> to what the keeper position could be. Yeah, that yeah. they just kept him there. They're like you know what, we're gonna keep you here. We think we have something good. <laughs> so. He was impressing teams. Um, having a keeper who could play with his feet was very rare at the time. This was during a period where keepers could pick up the ball regardless of how it got to them. So, like, if their own oh, teammate passed yeah, it back, like, it they could pick it up. The, the back pass rule hadn't been passed at yeah, that point. Okay. And so you didn't really see keepers playing with their feet ever. There wasn't really <laughs> there a need. No there was no reason. There was literally no reason yeah. <laughs> to play with your feet as, as a keeper. So that's what makes Iguaita's style so, I mean, I was going to say ballsy, but I don't like that term. You have already but I've already said it. that you don't like that term. So, I don't know. He, he was exciting. So he was fresh. Yeah, he was confident. Not arrogant, but he just believed maybe in... A, maybe a little arrogant. Yeah, yeah, there's a little arrogance. But it was very unique. It was, like a little arrogance. Yeah, it was like a show for... It's like a little spice. For fans, like you know? No other keep, No other keeper was doing this at this time. So at the age of 20, Iguita's move... Uh, he moved to Atletico Nacional, the club he would spend most of his time with and win a lot of trophies with while becoming one of the best keepers in the country. He had a knack for taking on players 20 to 40 feet away from his own goal and was surprisingly pretty great at it. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> like, you can go back and watch highlights of him literally dri- dribbling through three or four defenders 40 yards out of goal. Yeah. And it was just a common occurrence. You would, you would see it happen a lot. He would come out, and today's keepers would just clear the ball. No nonsense. Oh, yeah. But most, most almost always. But he's like, you know what? I think I can make something happen here. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, yeah. That, that's the terrifying moment because for me personally, I was the opposite of of his trajectory. I was originally like a defender, and then I got into like high school, and they made me like a forward and a like a winger when I was there. And the best possible thing always was that moment when a defender or a goalkeeper was like, 
you know what? I got the sauce. <laughs> I'm going to put the moves on this guy because I, I, I did not play that. I was like, no, no. I know how to defend. I and know how this goes. Maybe his young career as a striker uh, helped him get this ability to... I mean, obviously it gave him the ability and the ball skills to dribble past people. Right. But to be able to understand what strikers are thinking... Yeah, that makes and, sense. And use that against them. Yeah, totally. I don't little know. Mind games. Just a little conjecture here. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he also loved just juggling the ball if the ball was passed back to him. Yeah. Like there, there are plenty of times when he would, uh, you know, the Maradona like happy step dance when he's just like juggling oh, yeah, around, yeah. like having yeah. a fun time. It's like that. That would happen pretty frequently. He would just hang out. Yeah. It, it's like um, in FIFA when you can juggle with your keeper. I think they made that feature. <laughs> <laughs> in Rene Igata's, yeah, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I don't play FIFA. I well, I don't know. There is like a memorial to Igata. Oh, I don't know. Igita. Uh, Igita. That's what I said. You I said did. Igata. I did. <laughs> I really did. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that he was scoring goals frequently as a goalkeeper. Yes. It wasn't unusual to see him step up for the occasional free kick, mm-hmm. and he was designated penalty taker on a lot of his teams. So he, for a goalkeeper, he was scoring pretty frequently. Right. As a striker. Definitely, definitely way more frequently than almost all the other goalkeepers. Yes, exactly. So in the 1989 Copa Libertadores final, he, it came down to a shootout, and he steps up and takes a penalty. Of course. He drains it. Yeah. Because that's just no what he doubt. does. No doubt. To send it into sudden death penalties. Okay. He then goes on to save three straight penalties because his teammates could not score. <laughs> Come on. Which, <laughs> a- which actually added to a previous penalty that he had already saved. Oh, god! Making it four total penalties saved in one shootout. That's in wild. the Copa Libertadores final. <laughs> no big deal. Finally, the the his last teammate was able to to score, and Atlético Nacional had their first ever Copa Libertadores trophy and the first ever Colombian team to do that. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of there's there's not a lot of non Argentine or Brazilian teams that have won the Copa Libertadores yes. just in general. Yeah, so impressive. Certainly. Yeah, no, it's great. Four penalties saved. I can't imagine saving one penalty no, ever, never in like a friendly or just in my backyard against like Luke. I, I, <laughs> like, feel, I feel like the pressure is off goalies, though. I feel like there's way more pressure for the person who's taking the penalty. I don't know, man. Especially if you are a person that has garnered the reputation of being like a good penalty stopper, I feel like that pressure is still there. Well, Igito was never one to shy away from a challenge. Ooh, he liked it. He liked, <laughs> that. he liked the pressure. So that was the 1989 tournament. Uh, shortly after that was the 1990 World Cup in Italy. Mm-hmm. Colombia have a pretty good squad. They also have a one-of-a-kind goalkeeper. Yeah, they do. And he didn't shy away from playing his game at the national level. Heck yeah. The, the international level. <laughs> <laughs> Igita stunned fans from around the world by weaving his weaving dribbles and his audacity to take players on in general, let alone 30 yards from goal. Colombia advanced to the round of 16 for the first time ever in the yeah. World Cup, and obviously Igita played a huge part in that. The keeper style of play would be ever 
more on display for their next game versus Cameroon in the round of 16, like yes. I said. When you take risks to humble another player, <laughs> every once in a while you're bound to be humbled yourself. <laughs> Ooh. It's just, yeah, I think we all know where this is going. Nothing like getting humbled, you know? But like, sometimes you just, sometimes you just got to humble these. Keeper's a, a tough to, position to play. Keeper's even playing the position the way they should, and I'm putting that in quotes. You, yes. you can't see that, but Adam he, just he saw that. He made the air quotes. I, I put it in quotes because I believe that every keeper should play the way that Igita played because it just makes the game that much more entertaining. Unless they're playing on my team. Unless in which they're case, you stay in your stupid goal and don't pretend like you know how to play soccer. <laughs> Anyways, Igita bet on himself in a critical moment of the game, and it turned out to be not the best decision mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. The world would soon have a perfect example of what not to do while playing goalie, and Igita himself would earn a nickname that rightly followed him for the rest of his career. Welcome to our little middle section, and today we do have an ad. Last couple weeks... We haven't really had an ad, but today we do. And today we're going to take a little break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. So, Drew, did you miss your chance to bet on the Chiefs to win the old Super Bowl? The I, old I did. Because American hand egg. Betting in Virginia is a little uh, dicey. A little dicey. Nobody's been arrested yet. No. And there is legislation pending that says, cool beans. Yes. It's okay to do. Hopefully that passes. Yeah. Well, fear not, Blue Wire, and by extension, Deadball Brothers, is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Baseball opening day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up super easy, and if you're already making wagers or betting online, it's a fantastic way to support the podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all caps, no spaces, all one word, and when you sign up at betonline.ag, bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you very much to Bet Online and Blue Wire for helping us move forward with the podcast as always. And thank you to you, listener, as always, for being here and sticking with us through our little middle sections. We love you very much. And now we're going to get back to the story. We are back for the second half of the podcast. Yeah. Channel a little John Ralphio there for a quick second. Because <laughs> technically I'm homeless. <laughs> Classic. Drew, oh. you're just about love to Parks tell us. Oh, we love Parks and Rec. <laughs> Drew, you were just about to tell us about Rene Higuita's unfortunate nickname that he got for himself at the 1990 World Cup. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's unfortunate. Okay. And I actually already said the nickname that he um, has right. El Loco El Loco so I'm just gonna say it again right there there I just, it is 
I don't know, for whatever reason, it just seemed more dramatic <laughs> to end like, on a note like that. You know, you really, you've really gotten the, uh, the art of the cliffhanger in that little <laughs> section, and uh, you did it. El loco it is. So, Adam, some mistakes are understandable. Absolutely. But you'd expect most of them to be avoidable when it comes to go- goalkeepers. Sure. You know, yeah, like I said earlier on this podcast, you just, it happens. Shots are coming at you like 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Balls at are least. constantly flying at your face. All up it. in your face. Yeah. All, all the time. over there. Yeah. And it, that's it's, that's it's anxiety tough. inducing. Yeah, it's a tough job. That's a lot of balls to have it. Sometimes keepers get beat, beat near post. Yeah. People say keepers should never get beat near post. Well, guess what? Mistakes happen. <laughs> guess what? There's two posts to cover, my guy. <laughs> These days, I don't think that a mistake that Igita made in the 1990 World Cup is really possible. Because mm. keepers just don't do what he did. <laughs> keepers don't anymore. try to dribble thirty yards at a goal. Yeah, I. You, there's no way that a coach would allow something like that to happen. Right. You're either right. going to stop dribbling the ball forty yards out, or you're not going to be playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> so, so back to the game against Cameroon. It's scoreless after full time, yes. so we had to extra time, and it's scoreless for a little while before Cameroon finds a goal. So they're up 1-0. Not the end of the world for Colombia. They still have time to equalize. Right. Maybe find a winner heading to the penalty shootout. Yeah. Um, so what happens next, which is only a couple minutes after Cameron scores their first goal, is I think Gita is like, my team needs a spark. I need to do something. <laughs> yes. This is, like, this is like when you kind of like... This is like when you're playing FIFA online, you kind of like, you start to get a little mad and you're like, nah, you know what? I'm going to show this guy. Yeah. Like, this is that. Yeah. And so he's doing that thing again where he's 40 yards outside uh-huh. of his goal. He's just doing that thing Taking again. dudes on, yep. trying to dribble past people. Mm-hmm. And a little heavy on a touch uh... means that Cameroon takes the ball and is very, very shortly after that in the back of the net. A back because, of an empty net. Because the net is empty, yeah. You know, yeah. Drew, Drew, who amongst us hasn't decided one game, you know, you know what, I'm just going to dribble it out of the back as a goalkeeper. Well, that's what I was actually thinking about it when I was writing game. the story. But like in a scrimmage, yeah. uh, like five aside, yeah, something like that. Playing some indoor. Yeah. Draw a defender towards you. Yeah. That way you open up somebody else. Uh, but then also, oh, wow, the defender is committing a little hard. And maybe I just... Sneak it, it through by his him. legs. Yeah. You and know? Igita did that a lot. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. I would personally never do it during a real game, and definitely I would never do it <laughs> during the World Cup yeah, and knockout yeah. round game. Yeah. But. On the biggest stage of all. But, yeah. you know, it's his brand. It's what he does. It is. And it was a very successful brand for him. Yes, except in this game specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Cameroon are now two goals up with about five minutes left in the game. Colombia finds a goal, mm-hmm. but the game ends 2-1. <sighs> and so if you're doing some math here, yep. if Colombia doesn't give up that second goal, if he get if Higuita doesn't give up that second goal, probably going into yep. penalties mm-hmm. where Higuita is very a very good penalty kick taker stopper. and stopper. Yeah. He's like the best in both worlds. A double threat. <laughs> so 
that ended Colombia's game. That ended and their World Cup. and World Cup. Yeah. Obviously, it was knockout stage round. But Igita garnered a lot of respect in the international community, and it was good because he secured a move away from Colombia into Spain. That's dope. Yeah, it is really cool. He joined Real. Oh, one, one oh, second. Okay, all right. <laughs> Valle Dolid. Okay. Um, which I've never really heard of them before. They're they're frequently in La Liga. Continue. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But anyways, so you see this happen kind of frequently after a World Cup. Somebody performs really well. Mm-hmm. They get a big contract to go somewhere else. Yeah. They go to a new country, mm-hmm. like Jaime Rodriguez. <laughs> another uh, Colombian. <laughs> Yeri Mina. A, another, another Colombian. Colombian. <laughs> Yeri Mina just scored like two goals for everyone. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Great, great on him. <laughs> um, but he was at Barcelona, actually, before he moved to, to Everton, I think. Right? I don't remember. Was he not? I don't know Yeri Mina's career. Okay. I could be completely wrong. That's just a side note, though. Jaimes was at uh, Monaco, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was Monaco. Yeah. And then he secured that, that bag and that he move. Secured the bag and uh, <laughs> to, to Real and didn't do much with it. Not but, you great, know, but he's. He got the bag. He got the bag. He got the bag. Yeah. And so it's the same thing kind of happened with Aguita. He never really settled in Spain. And after. He, only 15 appearances. Oof. Two goals, though. Aye. <laughs> he you moved back to, to Colombia. Yeah. It was <laughs> time to go back home. Yeah, it was, time, it was time to go back home. So he was back at Atletico Nacional, mm-hmm. winning trophies. Yes. Very successful club in Colombia, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> but being back at Nacional also meant being back in Medin. And this is 92. Mm-hmm. 93. Yes, it yeah, it is. Which is not the absolute peak of Escobar's reign. But he's there. But he's definitely on top. He's doing stuff. That. He's in prison, but... That doesn't mean a whole lot. If you watch Narcos, you know <laughs> that didn't mean a lot. Didn't mean very much at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, it was not a great place to live. I mean, there was drugs, corruption, and violence around every corner. Yes. I think it's safe to say that it wasn't that uncommon to be affected by a cartel at some point in your life, mm-hmm. if you're living in Medin specifically. So, Iguito wasn't an exception to this. It is noted quite well that Pablo Escobar was an avid fan of soccer. Yes, he was. Though his favorite team was Independiente Medin, which is... Actually, they share a stadium with Nacional. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny because they're like rivals, but they... It's like AC Milan and Inter. Oh, do they share a stadium? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you learn something new every day. Ta-da! <laughs> oh, also I should know, if you don't know who Pablo Escobar is, he is one of the most notorious drug cartel lords to ever live he's one bad dude <laughs> yeah not a great person no well it didn't matter that escobar's favorite team was independiente because there was also it was also noted that he still funded 
Atletico Nacional at some points. I was going to say, he, he had a lot of money in the soccer world. Yeah, just everywhere. Not and, as like an owner, kind of, but as like a, oh, here's some money. <laughs> Independiente was his team, but he was just a really big fan of Medin. Yeah. And so he wanted to see all the teams be successful. Mm-hmm. So these two kind of get connected and in 1993, Gita finds himself caught up in a kidnapping slash ransom situation. Come again? <laughs> payment uh, between Pablo Escobar and the head of a rival cartel, Carlos Molina. Somebody kidnapped Renegade Gita? No, 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 no. He was okay. He was involved in the situation, which All I'll right. which I'll get to. Yeah. So Gita. Delivered three hundred thousand dollars from Carlos Molina to Pablo Escobar, so that Molina could get his daughter back. Because apparently, holy crap, she was kidnapped by Escobar's cartel. So why was Rene Higuita the the choice of the money deliverer? That's a good question. I couldn't find. <laughs> I couldn't find the reason why. The problem was not that he was the delivery man or involved with the kidnapping in any way. The problem was that he was paid $64,000 for helping with the transaction. Oh, dear God. And in Colombia, it is illegal to profit off of the kidnapping. No shit, Drew. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought it would just be like illegal to be involved with the kidnapping. Holy crap. Yeah, it's definitely illegal in some way to be involved with the kidnapping. Well... Igita obviously got caught and yeah, uh-huh. went to jail for a few months, several months, less than a year. So, all he he was like the glue guy. I mean, he made he made it happen. Oh my god! No, that's terrible. I'm not justifying <laughs> his actions by any means. He was like the glue guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really no. bad. Yeah. So anyway, he he did some time in prison, and as a result of this. He missed the 1994 World Cup in the U.S. Which which Colombia lost to the U.S. Yes, and made headlines for some pretty terrible reasons after in the aftermath of that loss. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Andres Escobar was yeah, was murdered, was murdered. Um, and maybe that's a story for another time. It's possibly so. And I'm not telling a story about Andres Escobar right now. You are not. Maybe we can find a way to honor him later. But that is that is a tan- tangential story. Yes, yes. So after he got fit and after he was out of jail, 1995 rolls around. He's back in the Columbia squad playing um, for Nacional still. And a friendly game versus England comes up and gives us probably the most iconic moment of his career. It certainly does. And a lot of you have probably seen it in all its You've glory. You've definitely seen this video. <laughs> if you've had an internet connection at all since 1999. This moment is probably as close to the epitome of his style of play that a single save could get. You know, this was this was who he was in a nutshell. <laughs> so Jamie Redknapp, that guy. That guy. <laughs> Stuck, uh, struck the ball out. He was about 30 yards out in mm-hmm. what looked to be a shoss, which uh, is like... 
A classic Schross. Classic Schross. A, a cross that turns into a shot, a, if you are unfamiliar with the term. A cross that you call a shot to save face. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I, was, I meant to do that. To- totally meant to <laughs> totally sh- meant shoot that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because it wasn't coming at him very fast, Ikita stood there, watched the ball come directly at him, and at the moment where you'd expect him to raise his hands to collect the attempt, they're just at his side still. And mm-hmm. you're like, what's going on? What's, uh, There's like a second of, what, what are you doing? What you doing, buddy? What are you doing? <laughs> the keeper jumps forward, kicks his legs over his head, making solid contact with the ball with his heels, clearing it out of the box. You may know this as the scorpion kick mm-hmm. or scorpion save. And this is the inception of such a save. It's never really happened before no, until this no, point. No, certainly not. I'm thankful that he did this in a friendly and not like a World Cup game because it also, feels like he would do something like also, that. Also, yeah, if he was presented the opportunity, he would, he would <laughs> totally try it. Uh, that, that moment is just so... Uh, after he saved, the crowd went wild. Um, he's smiling. Players yeah. are smiling. Oh, yeah. like can't believe what you just saw. It's just so... Pure soccer, pure insanity. Oh, it's one of the it's it's just one of the most famous sports moments ever. Yeah. Like people that don't like soccer have watched that video. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so Igita would go on to play for nine different teams, scoring at least a goal for most of those teams before retiring at the age of forty-two. Dang. Well, it was his second time retiring. In 2005, he retired after he tested positive for cocaine. Ah, a but little bit, a little bit of just a little pinch cocaine. But he he got back into the game, um, played for a few more years, and then eventually retired. Uh, retired. I said the did I say he was 42? Yes. When he retired, yes. It's significant because that's the amount of goals that he scored in his professional career. 42. Huh. Pretty wild. Maybe that's what he was thinking. That's kind of nice. He's like, you know what, 42, scored 42 goals. Maybe it's time to, to hang up but not also, only the gloves, also the boots. But also it suggests that he cannot score any more goals Like during the time. He's like, oh, if I'm going for 42, I guess I can't. I guess I can't take any more PKs. <laughs> I guess I can't take any more free kicks. That is true. <laughs> oh, gosh. Regardless of how many goals he scored, 42. I Wait, got it. I actually meant to say that it, that's the fifth most by a goalkeeper ever. Is is Rogério Ceni the first? Is, is, he, is he, he the Brazilian? Yeah. Uh yes. Yeah. By by a ton, a crap ton. Oh yeah. Like dude. at least a hundred goals. So many goals. Yeah. yeah. And a World Cup championship medal because he was Brazil's backup keeper in the 2002 World Cup. I was actually <laughs> reading about him. He was a lot. He took a ton of penalties and. A lot of free kicks. Yeah, a ton of like, free kicks. I understand penalties. I mean, there's this whole uh, conversation happening with Manchester City right now because no, nobody can score a penalty for them. And Pep keeps on saying, Ederson is our best penalty <laughs> taker. And maybe he'll be our designated penalty taker from here. We're still waiting for it to happen. I hope I that want it, does I happen. I want it to happen. I want it to happen badly. It's that South American sauce. There's nothing know. quite like goalkeeper penalties. I'm always reminded of the uh, the MLS playoff game between the Timbers and Sporting KC uh, several years back now where 
it was it was literally all eleven players on the field took penalties in the shootout. Yes, and the one one guy for Sporting KC could have won it with the last like of the regulation penalties, and he hit both posts. And then it came down to keeper penalties, and the Timbers keeper saved this. Was it Donovan Ricketts? No, he was no, gone by then. It was um, uh, Adam Kawarse. Oh, Kawarse. Yeah, he was the mm. who was who was. Up and up before that was most famous for being the keeper for Ghana when Clint Dempsey scored that goal within like thirty oh, seconds. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a goal! But, but I literally just sat down at the bar when right, yeah, when he scored in the that World goal. Cup. Oh man, that was but beautiful. yeah, it was it was it was weird because the Sporting KC keeper like tried to like kind of like stare down Adam Quarase, and Adam Quarase was just like what's going on <laughs> and then he saved his penalty and then he just buried his I was like oh uh, gosh so I mean yeah love a goalkeeper that scores 42 is a lot but it's probably nowhere near the amount of a field player's ankles broken and careers Ooh. destroyed which is which is the real the real reward do yourself a favor and just type in Renee Igata highlights Igita. I said Igita. You said Igata. No, I said Igita. I'm telling you, I said Igita. Drew, we are recording audio. We can play this back. We're going to play this back. It's and okay. We're going to prove me right. All right. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. He's currently the goalkeeper coach for Atletico Nacional, where I'm sure he's inspiring I feel a, like he would a be new the, generation the worst goalkeeper coach. I was actually, I was actually digging. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if his if his goalkeepers score a lot of goals and and take a lot of risks like he did. Uh, but the last two years, neither keeper had scored any goals. So I'm only assuming that maybe he's, he just knows. He's just tweaked his approach, and maybe he's like, you can show your flair in your class as. <laughs> A keeper saving these shots. He knows because he 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 wasn't all like foot skills and he was a good keeper and goal scorer. Like he made a lot of really nice saves. Yes, uh, I, mean, I already talked about all the penalties that he stopped. But if you look up highlights, it's shots saved and also dribbling through people. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. a unique collection of highlights. It's beautiful. <laughs> so that's the story of Eloko. Rene Igata. Igita. Yep. I see. Cra- oh, man. Maybe I did say it then. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. No. When I think of crazy goalkeepers, I just think of Rene Igita, Rogerio Senni, and um, Jorge Campos. Yeah. Who probably is on that list of the most goals scored by a goalkeeper but also a lot of that, and he did a lot of that, like that sprinting out of goal, like like running and like dribbling it as a goalie. But also he played, he split time, like at the professional level. Like he would play goalie a bunch, but he also played like midfield and forward in Mexico and also in MLS for a oh. time. He played for the LA Galaxy. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. There's just something so cool to see. A keeper with so much joy for the game and so much confidence. Yeah. And to do what he did. Yeah. We love a goalkeeper with sauce. I mean, you just don't see it these days. And so I think that's what was so much fun, like going through his his career, even though there were like a couple hiccups along the way. Ooh, certainly. 
uh, being involved with drug cartels, kidnap exchanges. Being, like that's being not a great. part of a drug cartel and and being involved in a kidnap exchange was definitely a, a black mark on the record. I don't I would think say. he was a part of a cartel. No, no, I and I agree with you, but he got paid. He did and get you paid, know, and he accepted that yeah. money. Yeah, and so. that was a mistake by all accounts. <laughs> Yes. But if you take one lesson away from this podcast, listener, it's if a drug cartel uh, approaches you and asks you to deliver money in order to complete a swap uh, that is the result of a kidnapping, I would say do it because you want to stay safe. But then when they offer to pay you for it, turn down that money. It's like what what option did he have? I mean, turn down the money. What do you you turn down a cartel? Mm-hmm. You know, like we want you to be the one to deliver the money. Yeah, your hands are kind of tied at that. You turn, point. you deliver the money, but you turn down that money. You turn down the cash. He's on record for saying that he didn't know um, the kidnapping laws in the country. So maybe if he did know the laws, oh, then. if he knew the laws about <laughs> kidnapping a person, yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's complete and utter. <laughs> like that's that's not even close to being. Nope. No. Oh, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not nope, great. Nope, 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 not nope. great. Not great. Not great at all. El loco, indeed. El Loco, for all the, the good and the bad. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and part of it was ugly. Yes, a lot of it. Well, thank that's you, it. Yeah, thank you, Drew, yeah, for giving us a story. And thank you, listener, for listening to us uh, go over the life and times of Rene Higita. Uh, Higita. One of, not Higata. Higita. One of our one of our most crazy and most entertaining goalkeepers to ever play the game. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following and subscribing. Um, we just we broke three hundred followers on Twitter, which is neato. Amazing. Like that, actually, we broke three hundred Twitter's followers on Twitter because I asked. I was like, "Hey, could we do that in the next week?" And like day of, we have like fifty more followers. So it's like, beautiful. Jeez, <laughs> so okay. beautiful. All right, cool, cool. If you're not following us yet. You can find us at Deadball Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook there too. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, any stories you want us to look into, you can send us an email, deadballpod, deadballpod at yeah. gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> you made the email. I, so I, I made the email. I would hope that you remember it. I just had it. I was questioning myself at the end there. Yes. But. Um, and as always, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts really, really helps. If you leave us a rating, if you drop us some words uh, talking about what you like about the podcast or even what you didn't like as much about the podcast, we've gotten constructive criticism before and we have incorporated it and we appreciate that too. But that helps us out. Um, The algorithm puts us further towards the top. People see us and the more people that see us, the the more that is helping our podcast. So it is a really important thing and it's a really... Um, thing that it's a thing that we appreciate a lot from all of our listeners. Um, so if you have already rated and review us, thank you so so much. If you've not, please consider doing so. And um, that's all we've got. Thank you. That's all I've we got. We love you. That's all you've got. We love you platonically so always, but that doesn't change the intensity of our love <laughs> at all. And until next week, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we will see you guys later. Mwah. <laughs>